1: Bulls, and even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
2: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Russian President Vladimir Zelensky is speaking about the latest Russian atrocity. Civilian evacuations, meanwhile, are moving forward in patches of Battle-scarred eastern Ukraine a day after that missile strike killed at least 52 people at a train station. Walking through Butcher, the Associated Press spoke with two dozen witnesses of the Russian occupation. Almost everyone said they have seen a body, sometimes several. Civilians have been killed, mostly men sometimes picked off at random by snipers. And several survivors were adamant about that. Many, including the elderly, said they were threatened themselves. And that uh, questions that survivors, investigators in the world would like to answer is why some believe the Russians were not ready for an extended fight or had undisciplined fighters among them, and that led to some of the atrocities. This is SRN News.
1: This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh,
3: I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free GetUpside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait
1: a minute, are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app?
3: Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Well, does that
1: actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, well, there you have it. Stop. Stop paying full price for gas, download the free GetUpside app, and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder, Radio News Network. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SUV for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SUV for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code SUV.
2: This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want
1: out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. Portions of this program may have been pre recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
3: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise the biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary it's the king banyan show how about a Fresca? your source for penetrating economic insight razor sharp analysis and unflinching universal thought everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve now here's professor king
4: banyan he's
2: a strange doctor doctor. we finally made it to campus
4: Good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show. (laughs) One minute before we go on the air, actually, just about zero minutes before the uh, intro comes on. uh, The disclaimer, I don't hear a dang thing on the headphones. All of a sudden, boom, it's like, okay, showtime, let's go. Uh, Great to be with you this morning, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Um, That looks better outside. Looks a little more like spring, even though it's only 32. I got this... I got the hoodie on, uh, but uh, I feel like there might be some golf in my day, even though even though the Masters is on. I'll just record that stuff and watch it later because uh, it's it's fun to watch. Congratulations to uh, Tiger Woods for getting out there to play, making the cut. He's going to play the weekend. Um, I got to tell you, that probably makes – I'm telling you, it doesn't make just Tiger Woods happy. It doesn't just make Tiger Woods fans happy every other golfer out there should probably be very grateful because the amount of money that flows to the PGA is no small part due to whether or not Tiger Woods is playing that event that week. Um, he's still, after all this time, the most desirable, uh, the most watched golfer, uh, the most popular golfer in the world, uh, reg- regardless of how he plays. Uh, this is It's kind of funny to me, he's becoming he's becoming it, it, to me he's becoming arnie palmer but in that period when arnie was still able to win events cuz i still believe i still believe this guy can win an event i think he could win it um in in the next few days anyway i didn't want to talk about golf today although it's masters weekend so um i feel like i'm uh, obligated um to at least mention it um been a fun week i actually uh i'll i'll lead with this because i i i want to see if i can make this um i want to see if i can make this uh long segue into the topic of the hour which again will be again we'll be talking about inflation somewhat about the fed although maybe not as much as usual we'll certainly get back to that We'll get back to that soon enough as we get closer to the, May, to the first week of May, and we'll have both Jobs Saturday, and I believe we'll have both Jobs Saturday and the May, the May meeting of the Fed happening at the same time. Um, so we'll actually have a hugely busy week uh, that first weekend of May, which will be, uh, uh, for many of us, including us here at St. Cloud State, it's commencement. Uh, that week too so I will have graduated we get to great I love it I actually get to graduate 130 students I get 130 of them going through commencement uh, just from our school and we're a school that runs about eight nine hundred students 130 is a pretty big group it's a little scary too because it means who's left for us to teach next year Uh, we're gonna have to recruit our brains out to replace all those bodies that are leaving but I always tell people the goal is not to get butts and seats our goal is to get degrees degrees into the workforce and degrees in you know and educated humans uh into creating families and living uh, living valued lives that uh, are full of uh, are full of not just happiness but a feeling of self-worth uh that's what we try to do uh and so you know every april i start thinking about oh commencement is coming it's the best time of the year uh, and so forth. So another thing that happened was I actually had a a, a former a, a former student of mine. I believe he graduated with a degree from a different school than mine. Uh, I think he graduated, but he'd been one of my students, and I remember him from a from a principles of economics course uh, well back. I say two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere in there, and probably. We had a pretty good uh, pretty good class because that was the time of the financial crisis, and so he may remember economics more than the average person. When, when you take your principal's class is a pretty significant indicator of how much you're going to be interested in it, or intermediate theory if you become an econ major. I think those are the things. And my formative years were the second half of the 1970s. So my fascination with inflation is is well earned and comes from the fact that I grew up in a period where stagflation was the word of was the word that we used to describe the u s economy and i I st- still believe that people of my generation who are now approaching approaching sixty five or seventy years old we were formed on that basis and this student would have been formed around their the coming of age at the time of the of the great financial crisis. The student ended up turned out. I did not realize worked for a, worked and still works for a radio station, uh, KLTF up in uh, Little Falls. Which, if you're in the area up there, I encourage you to I encourage you to seek it out because if you like uh, our sister station, AM twelve A, the Patriot where you can hear Mitch Berg today, one to three, Brad Carlson, one to three tomorrow. You can hear Jack Tomzak after three o'clock this afternoon. Um, uh, they're all part of the Northern Alliance radio network. If you like that stuff, you might want to check these guys out because they carry all of those same Salem shows, uh, Prager and, and Hewitt and Gallagher. They got all of it going on up there. Um, they pick up all of all of our shows. And this is the station that was actually uh, created in, for a, many years, run by um, a, who I consider a great man, a great uh, U.S. Senator, Rod Grams. Uh, it was the station. And, and the only other time I'd been on KLTF, Rod Grams was still there and still operating the uh, and, and still broadcasting the show. So I, I was on with them. Um, and i i had never met the host of the show before and you know they're bringing in a guy and they don't they kind of know about this radio program but they mostly know me through my student and know me to be an economist they know i'm dean of the school um and i'm up there in part because i want to make sure people know the name of the school the university it's in their backyard and i want to put in a little plug for my school and and so forth so it's a it's a it's a good thing happening. One of the things I observed, because it's a call-in show, and so you get callers. Uh, they they wanted to spend a half hour talking to me, and then they said, "We're just going to throw open the phones and we're going to talk about whatever topics our listeners talk about." Would you be up for that? And I'm like, "Yeah, yes." I used to do I used to do uh, call-in radio with uh, over over at uh, the Patriot back in the back in the aughts. Uh, I'd be happy to do that with you. And I believe the number one thing I heard were concerns regarding immigration. And Indeed, the host asked me a question, a couple of the callers asked questions. And I will say, I don't talk about it very much. Um, I probably have what might be politely called heterodox views on, on uh, immigration, meaning I probably don't agree... I probably don't agree on that issue vis-a-vis many of my listeners. Um, I certainly don't agree with uh, what I think is the mainstream conservative points on that uh, on immigration. But I try to confine myself on this show to economics and talk about talk about economic issues and and so the, the discussion is around this this element called Title Forty Two. It's a it's a rule. In the immigration code in the U.S. legal system, that said anyone that comes to comes into the United States if they're seeking asylum to stay in the United States, political asylum, you could turn them back because of a because of a an emer, a medical emergency or a health emergency. Title 42 was invoked by President Trump to to turn back uh, asylum seekers in order to because of covid and president biden when he came into office under a lot of pressure to to end title 42 immediately said no no no, wait 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 covid is still kind of a thing in 2000 in in 2021 said i don't think we should do that yet but in 2022 as many of us are seeing state after state remove a lot of the restrictions the administration says yeah we can't really use that. We can't really use that explanation anymore. So I think we'll have to. I think we'll have to uh, end end it. Um, and so we're turning back a lot of us people trying to cross the border right now, and there's a lot of concern about about all the new wave of immigration that's going to come into this country. And I'm asked what I think of it, and I, I will tell you I what i did what I did to talk about it was was just one thing um, which was to look at look at the fact that in the United States right now, what's going on with our labor market and i I, I know people want to talk to me about asylum and and, and and the politics of countries in Central America or in the Caribbean, and that we shouldn't be they're not here for jobs. And I'm like, no, but the availability of jobs. Is certainly part of the calculus of whether or not you're going to come to another country. Right? Can I get a job there? Would I get a job there? My my daughter is working in a our daughter's working in another country right now. Right? She would never move to that country except for the fact that she has a job that she has a great job in that country for the next for approximately the next two and a half years. And so she's she's gone there. She got the job and then and 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 then got brought in to, to work in that space. And it's great. Guess, okay, so I want you to think about this as you think about the immigration question. What has happened to the increase in wages in the United States over the last 6 to 12 months? Well, in the last 3 months, if you are, if you're an hourly worker, right, if you're an hourly worker, your wages are going up at at about six percent per six percent over the last three months or that's a moving average six percent per month over the last three months, according to the Atlanta Fed wage tracker, which we've used on the show in the past. I find this one of the better pieces and they just published their they just published their March data this this week. And so I went back and looked at the new at the new information there, and and if I just look at hourly wages there, they're up six percent on a weekly basis. They're, for those that get paid weekly, they're getting they're getting six point two percent. And then if I look at the, if I go to look at uh, a weighted average of that, those are going up. Uh, if they're those are going up even at a much higher rate, so that in March you might actually argue that they're going up on an average of 7%. So I want you to ask yourself the following question. If you live in a in a country in Central America and you find out that wages particularly for for jobs for lower skilled workers, those with a high school education, those that might be handy in the trades but not necessary but not I I I prefer the term I prefer the term uh, instead of white collar I prefer the term knowledge workers those who those who whose work involves largely uh relying on on their thinking skills their logic skills and, and 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 it yeah even that even that i I think you know what i mean but i i i don't like any of the ways in which we describe it. Set that aside if these wages are going up to seven percent per month, what do you think does happen to immigration? there's a labor shortage in this country there's a labor shortage in this country we can't make new workers by i mean are we going to make new workers by you know by using produce we can't produce them very fast if we do it by uh, by the uh, process of natural growth it takes about 20 years to make a new worker because you have to, you have to conceive one, you have to give birth to them, and then you actually have to spend eighteen nineteen years before they get done with school, even at the fastest rates, whereas you might be able to get additional workers just by pulling in people from other countries who want to come and work at the wages you have right. I find it fascinating that this is still a topic, right you know, and I understand that people. People's opposition to immigration is more than just the crowding out of American workers, though that's clearly part of it and was a bigger part of it a while ago. What they do not say, what we do not, you know, what we do not say, though, is, is that that's the only reason. But my point is, if you think at the margin, if you think like an economist, you have to look at the wage inflation in the United States and realize that that is a magnet, for people to come into this country from elsewhere title 42 or not we'll be back after this you're listening to the king banyan show on the biz 1440
1: soaking up the sun in fiji walking through the sculpture garden in minneapolis We're standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Cheryl of Ham Lake says, Our spring broke last night. We called after hours to maybe make an appointment for later in the week. They called back next morning and had us taken care of by 9.30 a.m. the next day.
0: Experience Great Garage Doors same-day service at 763-767-3000.
5: Before Bamboo HR... (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had...
7: This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.
3: What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit ibelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group.
4: Welcome back King Bannya's show the biz 1440 I just want to make this point one more time to be clear about this this is well written out by uh, people if you're age 16 to 24 okay I we were talking uh, we were talking uh, before the show Daniel and I were about the fact that um, right now I'll do I'll do a little bit of story I, I was uh, entertaining my grandson last night he's seven. Um, uh, and we'd gone out, uh, to, to a show here on campus, uh, uh, a uh, a, a, a planetarium show. And by the time we were done, it was after eight o'clock and we realized we haven't had anything to eat yet. We should probably run by, run by, uh, someplace, some fast food, get something to eat before we go back to the house. Uh, and I was, uh. I was, uh, you know, and so, you know, what is a seven year old, you know? So it's like, so what do you want? I want chicken nuggets, uh, from, from the golden arches. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go there. Place is open, but I walk inside, no counter service. I'm looking around. I'm looking around. There are a few people seated in the restaurant. The door was open. You could go into the lobby. You could go into the store. But all of their machines, the kiosks, were turned off. They're making the food, but they're not bringing it out to there. You've got to go through the drive-thru. And I'm looking at Liam, I'm like, hey, hey were you going to eat in the house? We're going to eat in the car? You know what Grandpa says about that, right? No eating in cars. Cars are for driving, not for eating. So, place after place. No lobby, no lobby. All right? So this shouldn't surprise you. If you're age 16 to 24, on a year-over-year basis, your wages are now rising by 11.8 percent. If you're considered a high-skilled worker, your wages are up just 4.4 percent, even though that's the most since February 2009. If you're switching jobs, your wage growth is on average seven percent, high seven point one percent higher year over year. Um, it all sounds great until you realize that the CPI. We're going to get a CPI report next week, and it's probably going to be north of eight percent. So your real wages, um, your real wages are probably not going up. Uh, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the profit side there. These numbers are. These numbers are the highest, the highest we've ever seen in this series. It only goes back to the 1990s. We don't have these data for the 1970s. Wish we did. It would be very interesting to compare this to what happened during that stagflation period we talked about before. But this is this is truly, uh, you know, a major issue for I think the uh, I think the 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 Fed right now. Um, uh, And this kind of makes me wonder what kind of messaging the administration is thinking as it, as it tries to figure out how to deal with inflation. There was a, there was a a report that um, there was a report basically that said that uh, his advisors are telling him to talk about the economy. Because except for inflation, it's all going great, right? Which uh, I got asked this question when I was visiting that radio station in Little Falls on Wednesday. And my reaction was, I said to them, it's really a weird thing to say, right? Unemployment is great, but inflation is bad. So we should brag about it because if it wasn't for the inflation, everything would be awesome. And I said, well, that's sort of like. Saying, you know, if it wasn't for the cancer, this weight loss would be awesome. Uh, it's, it's kind of strange. It's not awesome. It's a symptom. right? It's not awesome. It's a symptom of what's going on. And I, I tie that to what's happening on the immigration front as well. This is a symptom of what's going on. Just listen. This was a little bit of what President Biden said, I think this came from his remarks after the jobs report last Friday. Let's play this. Cut number five, please.
0: Even though we created a record number of jobs, we know, I know, that this job is not finished. We need to do more to get prices under control.
4: But their ideas for how they would get prices under control seem to be, you know, going back to the 70s again, talking about price controls or talking about taxing unrealized wealth. By the way, by the way, if you were a follower of, of modern monetary theory or magic monetary theory, what is the cure? What is the response that you're supposed to have when inflation gets out of control if you're a follower of MMT? The answer is, of course, higher taxes. So what's in the Biden budget? Higher taxes. Lots of higher taxes. Indeed, they brought back that whole proposal about taxing unrealized capital gains, but only for that top the top one hundred or five hundred wealth earners, wealth holders, excuse me, in the in the United States. They were going to protect everybody else, but just these folks with uh, net worth over I I can't remember exactly the number. I want to say it's a hundred million dollars, but don't hold me to that. I could they could have the, the trigger mechanism there wrong, but they they they've decided basically to use nineteen seventies era responses to the high inflation, which tells me one thing: they hadn't really thought about what it was they want to do, and they haven't adopted what's supposed to be the modern monetary theory answer to that which is higher taxes and frankly the higher taxes are meant to pull liquidity out of the system well you're not going to pull liquidity out of the system if you just tax the top 500 wealth holders in the United States the way you would do that would be to impose like a, an excise tax or a sales tax or an income tax some very broad based tax on a broad base of American society but of course, in an election year, they can't do that. It was perfectly predictable that when push came to shove, MMT would be put back on the shelf because the because the cure for inflation, they said, well, if we did get inflation, if we did get too much money out there, that's that's not a problem. We'll just we'll just raise taxes. Well, anyone that spent any time studying public choice theory, which you get in one of my classes. Public choice theory is just the application of economic principles to political problems. You can understand that when the benefits of something are readily available and the and the and the costs of it are pushed into the future, you'll always go for the, the thing that's going to come to you first. You'll always err on the side of getting the benefit. So MMT creates basically this oh gosh, uh, uh, what do I what do I call it? An incentive a rationale for spending more money, and when they get around to the rationale for that, that the that the academic scribbler like Stephanie Kelton gave them to say, "Yeah, it's a, don't worry. If we do get inflation, yeah, you just raise taxes." Well, he, as you might guess, the uh, people who, the people who do that, the people who are interested in in that tax raise, are simply, you know nowhere to be found in Washington because no one wants to raise taxes in the middle of the campaign. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz, fourteen forty.
3: I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 824 3853 That's 800-824-3853. 800 824 3-8-5-3.
6: Pro-life across America, the Billboard people. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it.
3: Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro Life Across America, the Billboard People. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro Life Across America, please call 1-800- Three six six seven 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 three, or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible.
6: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Life Across.
2: And cyberspace. And I
8: am proud
6: to be a member. And of I'm the, proud to serve in the United and States. And I am America. proud to protect our country.
3: Proud to serve in the U.S. Air
8: Force Reserve.
7: AFreserve.com.
4: Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. 651 289 four, four, seven, seven. the number to call questions comments 651-289-4477 four, four, seven, seven. thank you for spending some time with us this morning on a beautiful april day minnesota is so awesome i tell you i i i, I always complain it, it isn't it interesting we complain about the weather for approximately 6 months And the minute you see the green grass and the minute you know that you can put your golf clubs back in the back in the trunk of your car and the and and the minute the minute you have your first picnic, it's all forgotten. It's all forgotten. And you say to yourself, this is a great place to live. Right. And it is until next November. Six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, seven, seven. What I'm talking about right now is that that change in uh, that 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 change in the tone of the white house i'm talking about the change in in our economy that was really quantified for us this week by looking at the change in interest rates i if you follow this show you should do so by by following us at uh following us using uh the hashtag poundkbrs. um and you'll see that uh, this this morning I posted a couple of graphs for you, and they're kind of the basis for what I was thinking about with the show today. One of them being just taking a look at what happened with the yield on 10-year, 10-year uh, 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 Treasury securities this week. Up, like this jaw-dropping uh, amount of... Um, uh, uh, it, this jaw-dropping amount. And the best way for me to talk about it is asking you about mortgage rates. And I, I'm i going to say something. I'm a little more political this morning so far than I usually am on this show. But um, I, I, I got a call, not a call, I got a text message from uh, my brother-in-law, uh, who lives also here in the St. Cloud area. And he's like, have you looked at your property tax statement yet? Your assessment for 2023? And I said, No. You got it a few days ago, and I said, "Yeah, well, what am I supposed to do about it? We should be protesting this, and so on, right?" So finally, uh, I remembered. I looked at my text my text message history and saw his saw his name. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I should probably go look at that." He's right. It's a lot, right? If you're listening to me from from a radio or a computer here in minnesota or f- cell phone from here in Minnesota, um tell me what your your assessed pro- property value looks like and the way we work the uh estimated market value in the in the homestead credit in the state is on a declining scale so my assessed value of my house which to which I did nothing in 2021 I didn't add anything I think we I, you know I don't think we did anything other than uh, plant and uh we might have done a I think we did a little work oh that's right we did replace an air conditioning unit last year, so that's about the only change I made to the entire house was was replace an old air conditioner, and my assessed value went up by approximately twenty percent. And because the way, because of the way the homestead credit works, the more your house is worth, the less the the less the credit is. The impact on your your assess mar- the assess market value, what they'll set your property tax on, actually went up by more than that. Simple math, and I was kind of kind of you know. My wife says to me, "Well, then is is he right? Did we are we getting screwed?" And I said, "Well, I mean, there's there's a way to think about this question. What drives the value of your house? Answer." What somebody else would pay for it, right? My brother-in-law suggested, well, why am I not being taxed on the number of square feet I have, or the, or or the uh, the the frontage, you know, the frontage piece? And there are some taxes that actually get set by, by, you know, how many feet of uh, front of frontage you have to the street, or something to that effect. You can set them. You know, using different tax bases, but by and large, our houses are valued based on based on what it is that the market says it's worth, and and so we know that um, estimates from Core or case Schiller or what have you have our houses going up by double-digit percentages. And so my first answer was, my first answer is, well, is this not representative of what happened to the market value of the house? I think it is. Now, add to that this point, right? Add to that this point. Who can afford to buy my house? Because you have to take out a mortgage. And my mortgage, when, when the mortgage you could take out was 35 to 4% interest rate, a lot of people could. There were a lot of people that could afford to buy my house, which is about a median house in the Saint Cloud Saint Cloud area. I don't live in a rich place. I don't live in a poor place. We've had the same house since our daughter was was still in diapers. Um, so, so I'm uh, I'm convinced that um, I'm convinced that the house is probably worth about what they say. I looked at the number and they and I said, you don't think we could get that. Uh, I looked at the number. I said, if we put the house on the market, don't you think that would be about the price we would get? I said, yes. I said, well, I think you would have been right a month ago. But I want you to think about this. For the week ending April 1st, mortgage rates were now at 4.9%. According to the Mortgage Bankers Association, for the week, for the week ending March 3rd, they were 4.1%. So there has been an 80 basis point increase in mortgage rates just in the last 30 days. So refinances are down 62% year over year. Um, Applications for new purchases fell 3.4% week over week. They're down 9% year over year. And I said, so... You know, after uh, finishing this conversation, can you just imagine? I someone should send more more flowers to my wife because she has to put up listening to an economist argue about what the value. You know about about assessed value. I said, I said the question to ask the assessor is, if it should turn out that the that that interest rates back up to five and a half to six percent on on a mortgage. I know my value, of my house is going to go down. Ten going to go down about ten percent. How many years will I have to wait until the assessment goes down by that amount? I, and I tell people, if you don't like what your property taxes are, don't look at your assessment. Look at how much your look at how look at how much your local government is spending. Look at what your city's spending. Look at what your county's spending. Look at what your school board's spending. Because because if you say well the homestead and I told my brother-in-law if you if you think the homestead credit should be larger if we should be protecting homeowners from that that's not going to fix anything if it turns out the cities and the counties and the school boards don't change change anything that just means that more of those taxes get shifted onto business owners and you get less growth of businesses new, new companies looking to move into your community looking move into your state will look at your high tax rates and say yeah I think I'll go to north Dakota um and and you know we don't want people to go to north Dakota we want people we want people to build businesses here so the way to address that is actually not to address how much you're getting taxed okay it uh, you know, to borrow the to borrow that old that old phrase it's the spending stupid it's the spending that has to come down right so I don't actually have a whole lot of sympathy for the people who are looking at their property tax bills and saying saying what the heck happened why am i paying so much in property taxes like it's a pretty simple answer don't start thinking about how the how the tax when you work on your property tax valuation you're just trying to decide who pays what you're not talking about the size of government could it have some impact if we, if we had it all go down? Yeah, but basically you're going to force the businesses to do all the lobbying on your behalf because you don't want to. What you should be doing is going to the budget meetings of your, of, your, of your city, of your county, of your school board and saying, how come we're spending so much? Can we spend less? How could we possibly spend some less than what we're doing right now? And frankly, that's the conversation I don't hear going on right now. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz
8: 1440. The Biz
1: 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley.
7: You want to feel important.
5: You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things.
7: You want to feel like you belong.
5: We know. We felt that way, too, and that's why we did something about it.
7: We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers.
5: We are normal people just like you, but our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more.
7: When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it.
5: We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors.
7: From the lakeshores of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota
5: the fertile fields of Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa, to the wide open plains of North and South Dakota,
7: we are here for our hometowns.
5: And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more.
7: Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard.
4: Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can
7: to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association
3: iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com.
0: Get your new garage door installed in just one to two weeks from Great Garage Door. Garage doors are experiencing significant supply chain issues like the rest of the home improvement industry. But Great Garage Door has a large inventory of doors in stock and ready for installation in one to two weeks. Don't delay as prices are still going up. Buy from Great Garage Door now and save. Call Great Garage Door today for a free estimate at 763-767-3000 or find them online at greatgaragedoor.com
1: sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to the biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
2: Welcome
4: back, King Bain Show. The Biz fourteen forty. I mean, I I spend some time thinking about about this interest question. As these interest rates go up, we know that we're going to end up paying more in net interest costs. I tweeted to you a piece from the Peter 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 G. Peterson Foundation, um, which is actually not a not a. I don't consider them sort of right or left. I can't think of them as being a, a pretty centrist type. Uh, Uh, think tank in dc but they do an estimate of the of the impact of net interest costs on you know in terms of the what's currently estimated to be federal tax revenues and at the rate they're going right now even including what's happening with president biden's budget net interest costs in 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 two thousand and fifty would consume forty five percent of all tax revenues we bring in that's a significant bit of crowding out of other government spending so what's going to happen taxes are going to have to go up or taxes taxes are going to have to go up and do you think they're really going to be able to get all that revenue from that top five hundred wealth wealth holders probably not um I was mentioning I was mentioning my daughter she works. She works in Ukraine, and I was like, not Ukraine, excuse me, in Denmark. I used to work in Ukraine. Uh, she works in Denmark. I got Ukraine on the brain. And I was looking to see what's the marginal tax rate at her bracket level and try, and it's hard to compute because they also have they also have uh, uh, VAT in, uh, in Denmark, and, and I tried to get at it, but it's something to the effect of 52 uh, percent. I, you know, and and I thought <laughs> she said, That seems like a lot. I said, Well it could have been worse. If he'd gone to France he'd be over sixty. Um they're spending sixty-two percent of French GDP right now is the direct or indirect result of government spending. Sixty two percent. Makes us look like a makes us look like a bunch of libertarians here yeah, you know, we're we're in the we're at we're at about forty. Um with state, local, federal. Um, but this interest cost, I think, is going to be a huge deal. And somehow, I think it only can get higher. Bill Dudley was on Bloomberg this uh, earlier this week talking about the fact that the Fed just simply needs to raise interest rates in order to get inflation under control. They've been very clear that they want to do this. And it was a very interesting five minutes that he had on, on Bloomberg television Uh, This this past week, Uh, let's go ahead and play this cut number one.
8: The Fed has said pretty clearly, uh, we, we need to tighten financial conditions to slow the economy down, to keep inflation in check. And so far, financial conditions really haven't tightened very much. Uh, the stock market is only 4% or so off its high. It's still up very sharply from where it was a couple of years ago. And bond yields, 2.5%, you know, 2.6% are still really low, especially when you adjust for inflation. So in my mind, the Fed hasn't really accomplished much yet. And if financial conditions don't cooperate with the Fed, the Fed's going to have to do more until financial markets do cooperate
4: if you look at the yield curve you know right now you you, you you'd continue to say that the the spread between the two and ten uh two-year and ten-year treasuries uh or or look at any other spreads the 510 spread is negative the 210 spread is positive at 20 the 10 to 30 year spread is at three basis points and i i Will encourage. I'll post this at the break. I didn't want to do this right now, but I wanted to post it at the break. Uh, uh, the uh, measures of the yield curve, though, this is from uh, Scott Granis uh, at his very wonderful Coffee Beach Pundit blog. Um, if you look at that slope between, say, the one year and the 10 year, 10 year bond, that is, that is um, uh, actually a very interesting. Very interestingly, it touched negative before the COVID recession, but it's been positive ever since at about one percent, one and a half percent. I think there's actually some funny stuff that's happened at the two year at the two year level. There's something odd that's happening there, and I don't know why people are spending so much time looking at it. And what he's decided to look at instead is basically to look at the real Fed funds rate. And if you look at the real Fed funds rate, meaning the Fed funds rate, which is now Three eighths of one percent on average. Subtract current inflation, right? That number, that number is going to be, you know, down around minus five percent, minus five and a half percent. And when people look at the yield curve and say to themselves, "Well, there's a recession coming," it hasn't. But it, but what Dudley is saying is, we haven't even seen all of the tightening that kind of needs to happen because the markets are still. Growing at a strong rate. And so he's being asked basically, do you, think, do you think the Fed has to put a recession in place? Let's play cut number two.
8: Well, the Fed right now is, you know, markets are pretty confident in the Fed's uh, program because they have the Fed taking the short-term rates up to about 3%. That causes the economy to slow. And then the Federal Reserve eases policy in 2024 and 2025. And we have a soft landing live happily ever after. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that easy because because the markets are so confident in the Fed, the financial conditions are still quite buoyant. Uh, If financial conditions are buoyant, that means the Fed has to do more to slow down the economy.
4: If you look at the five-year real, and I'll, again, I'll post this, the, these two graphs in Scott's post for you uh, in a few minutes. If you look at the real yield in that in that market, what you see is that is that real interest, rate, the real five-year tips rate, has gone back towards zero. So it's been negative. It was been negative throughout the COVID period. It was just starting to go negative, but it was negative even back in 2011 2012 2013 2014 it was 2016 before it went into positive territory but even then it never got much above one percent so you come back you come back down and then you compare that that real fed funds rate um the fed the fed is behind the is is behind the curve for sure but the risk of the risk to inf- to there being a recession, I think, is only a function of And what Scott argues is we should be looking at a recession predictor coming out of that difference in the real yield curve, not the yield curve on nominal rates. And right now, that really hasn't tipped at this point. Let me continue with Dudley, cut number three.
8: Also, a soft landing is very, very hard to achieve when the unemployment rate is so low. Uh, the soft landing examples that Powell has cited in uh, 1965, 1984, 1994, were all examples where the Fed tightened and the economy slowed, but did not slow sufficiently to push up the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate in all three of those episodes kept declining.
4: And that is really, to me, the, the key question here is, we're, we're, we have a very tight labor market. We have unemployment rates at 3.6%. We, if we are successful in getting people to come back into the labor force, that unemployment rate is going to tick back up, probably back up over 4%, which is my expectation by the end of the year. I think you'll be back with an unemployment rate above 4%. Here's the question. Will 4% be enough to get the Fed to stop these, all of these interest rate increases that we're expecting, and what would that look like? in terms of debt service what will that do to the housing market and construction what will that do to the stock market i think i think they probably would would be okay with that but if the unemployment rate should get to 5% which would indicate then we are in a recession i think that would be that would be super that would be super difficult for the fed to continue down that path with a 5 with once the unemployment rate gets to 5% is that possible Well, that's the answer we're going to have to talk about a little bit in the next hour. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. And I'm also going to talk about this funny thing that we're seeing, you know, in relation to the Ukraine war and the fact that the Russian ruble right now is back to the same exchange rate versus the dollar it was before the war started. Have sanctions failed? Or have sanctions, in fact, succeeded? I have a different take than many people. I'll give it to you next. Coming up on the King Banger Show on the biz, 14. 14- Education
7: is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff.
5: Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale.
7: We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values.
5: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
7: I asked the station several times to make sure that I had understood that there weren't strings attached and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life.
5: Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults
3: send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year no strings attached for details and participating schools visit TwinCitiesTuitionS.com. tuitions.com that's TwinCitiesTuitionS.com. tuitions.com how is your car payment treating you what if i told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as 83 dollars a month look at your car payment closely you could be paying as high as 20 percent interest
6: When it comes to investing in your house, do you want to know what one of the most confusing items there is to make decisions on? Windows. We are talking massive price swings, every salesperson telling you something vastly different, and very little useful information online, which opens the door for salespeople to overcharge you. Hi, I'm Ryan with My3Quotes, an expert on your side. I've worked with many of the top window brands and installers in the Twin Cities and can give you the pros and cons of each. That's what you get when you call me to stop by and measure your windows. We'll talk options that best fit your needs, whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, and you'll receive quotes from multiple contractors just a few days later. There's no obligation to buy, but if you do, I'll be there to help you write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, I provide the same free service for siding and roofing. Window lead times are extra long right now, so set up an appointment today at GetMyThreeQuotes.com. 3 quotescom